Folks, we here at Infinity Break love our comic book movies, but you know what we love that much more? Comic books. That, that's right, Nikki. It sure is. Um, we also, boy, how do we love so much more than comic books, but uh, that's why Nikki here and I, be Ben, that's this one, get together once a month to talk about the comics that we've been reading and the comics that we have enjoyed Folks, uh, you may know Nikki and I from this show and, and maybe from the semi-defunct super cinema that preceded it, uh, but uh, if you pay attention to the various happenings around Infinity Break, you know that uh, Nikki and I uh, primarily actually do other bullshit on the internet. Ooh. Most notably, we are an enormous tabletop. Uh, well, fans fans feels almost diminutive of what we do. <laughs> yeah, Obsessed. you know me, just a fan. Just consider myself a a little bit of a fan. That's uh, all. No, we're, I mean, we're, 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 we're tabletop creators. We're dungeon masters. We're, I'm fucking playing D&D tonight. Um, yeah, uh, so, uh, look, it was only a matter of time before uh, one of us read the Pathfinder comic. So, folks, Nikki's going to be talking about a lot of Pathfinder comics tonight. <laughs> yep. Uh, halfway <laughs> through uh, what I imagine will be an unending rant uh, I will be talking about Christopher Sabella's House Amok. Uh, but <laughs> that will be sandwiched on both sides uh, by Pathfinder Talk. Nikki, do you want to just take it away? Sure. Uh, Great, I'm going to order so pizza for tonight. this month I read two Pathfinder comics. Well, actually, I read a lot of Pathfinder comics, but I'm only talking about two of them. I read a small issue within the 2017 uh, Worldscape comics uh called king of the goblins why (laughs) forgot that was the title already (laughs) king of the goblins for no other reason than uh the main character is Seltiel and i'm a thirsty hoe nikki i think you're being a little dishonest uh, about something um you said that over the last month you've been reading some pathfinder comics and i want to make it abundantly clear that you started on monday over the last week, you've been reading a lot of Pathfinder comics. You just crammed a lot in. Did I say month? Yeah, you said the last month. My friend, you've been obsessed for four and a half days. Yes, I have. For In the past four and a half days, I've been reading Pathfinder comics. But I'm only talking about two of them. My two favorites. Because they include my boy. Who's your boy? Uh, iconic Eldritch Knight, Celteel, Emo Twonk. Okay, could you elaborate? <laughs> it's, it's the design. It's the fact that there's belts everywhere on his outfit except for his fucking waist. <laughs> or maybe it's the, the freaking belt armband things, or the fact that he has like 50,000 ear piercings, or maybe it's just his attitude. I don't know. Or no, it's probably his really baggy pants. <laughs> All I know is that James L. Sutter and Wesley Schneider gave us this character, made him specifically for me. Uh-huh. Specifically. Now, is this a character that appears in any of the pathfinder modules or the pathfinder yes he is campaign uh, materials or okay he's given as a character in the sixfold trials the council one of the council of thieves books which is a really good 
module, by the way. It's really fun. You uh, and your players get to be part of a play uh, where the aim of the play is to kill you. And so you have to perform for the perform for the audience while fighting things and surviving different trials. So it's like a like arcades murder world or something. Yeah. Where like the and whole gimmick is that, a death trap or Yeah, like everything everything is designed to kill you. And then after that you get invited to the mayor's house and you have to it's like a heist after that. It's a really good good module. But, uh, so, but he's, like, a character that you can have in that. Uh, and because there was only three of us as PCs, our dungeon master added him. And I was like, I wonder what he's like in canon. Because, like, the dungeon master can make him however he wants. So I was like, I wonder what he's like in canon. So I decided to go read. (laughs) Read the comics. Uh, read his bio. I was like, wow, his life sucks. I wonder what he's like in canon. So, uh... Started reading Hollow Mountain and the issue that he appears in in Worldscape, which is King of the Goblins. So I'll talk about King of the Goblins first, and then you talk about yours, and then I'll talk about Hollow Mountain. It sounds like a deal to me. Uh, Nikki, real quick, which one contains uh, uh, Vladimir Sepesh? King of the Goblins. Okay, good. Great start. Uh, Keep talking. So in this one, in Worldscape, uh, the thing about Worldscape is that uh, it's characters from different worlds that get transported to another world. And so Saltiel and a bunch of goblins get transported to a different world. And the goblins make him their chief. And uh, he finds a castle and knocks on the castle door. And fucking Vlad Tepesh opens the door. <laughs> like real life Dracula. And he's like, welcome to New Valakia. Valakia. And Sothiel's just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. He's like, I don't know either. I got transported from Earth to wherever this is. And then, uh, but now I'm the leader here. Oh, I'm sorry, Nikki. Would you know how to properly react under those circumstances if you just opened a door and there was Vladimir Stepesh? No. Fucking king. Oh, shit. What's his actual title? Uh, yeah. Not king. And then uh, uh, he's also being served by Elizabeth No, help Bathory. me out here. Hold up. <laughs> What's his cool Hungarian title again? Vladimir Stepesh blank of Wallachia. What's blank? Not count, obviously. That's Count Dracula. One second, I got a Wikipedia Vlad the Third Sepesh. This is something I should know off the top of my head, and I'd like to apologize for my to my fans. He is the Vivod of Olekia. Yeah, I don't think he says that. He just says ruler. Oh uh, well. Sure, I'm I'm of course talking about. I almost said Canon Vlad the Third Dracula. You know the real life one. The real life one. Uh, so yeah, and Who's then Elizabeth Bathory is there too. Uh, and because, uh, Vlad Tepesh was part of the Order of the Dragons or whatever, he, uh, like, has a real-life wyvern in this comic. And so Celtiel's like, oh man, we can't fight that. Everybody drop your weapons. Uh, gets, uh, everything taken away from him and, like, hung up in a dungeon. (laughs) You know, as you do. An excuse for, uh, for, for the artist to... To draw him shirtless in chains, which all the fans want. Mm-hmm. I know, because I'm fans. 
<laughs> it's me, I'm fans. It's me, I'm fans. I guess I just really, when I read this, I was like, okay, I'm reading it for Celsio. I was not ready for actual Dracula. An actual Again, Elizabeth Bathory. And dragons. Again, what could possibly... How could you... Like, how would you react under any of those circumstances? I definitely would be... Okay, what is it that he says? He, uh... He... He meets them, and... Tepesh is like... Oh, where is it? Uh, here it is. So he's so like Vlad is describing himself and Elizabeth and how they they were like rulers. He's like Elizabeth was a countess herself, you know, back at home. And he's like, but uh, were you royalty on your world? And Saltiel's like, royalty's putting it too mildly. Most of my subjects saw me as a living god. Uh, <laughs> there was no such thing. It, just like that. That's his reaction. That he's like, oh yeah, totally me. Yeah, he's he's mood. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I admire you for for that. <laughs> For being able to pull that. Oh yeah, uh, I'm God. But yeah, it's a good comic. It's an interesting art style, too. Yeah, you sent me a couple panels from it. And, uh, like, interesting use of lighting. Funny writing as well. It's, the dialogue is top tier. Especially, like, written by the- when the goblins are being written. Like, they're really funny. There's a goblin that thinks that she's a squirrel. But yeah, it's really good. And the true winner of this comic is Elizabeth Bathory. How so? Everyone needs to read the Pathfinder com- Oh, because- I mean, spoilers. If you want to skip spoilers, just skip ahead. A little bit. Yeah. Because Elizabeth Bathory cuts off Vlad Tepesh's head and becomes the ruler. <laughs> yeah, I mean- as far as I understand it, that's how that's how Hungarian succession worked. Yeah. So she becomes like the new like the queen of the dragons. Nikki, you know what this is making me want to do? What? Kind of want to play comic? some Pathfinder. Oh, Pathfinder. Oh, yeah. But I also kind of want to play some Pathfinder. Pathfinder, good. I mean, like I know I bitch about it a lot. It's because I love it. It's just because it's the superior system. It has its issues, definitely, but, uh, you know. I like, I, I like the lore behind it, I guess, and also the fact that the person who co-created it, I owe him my life. None of the Wizards of the Coast staff has ever done that for me. Oh, my God. Okay, I understand what you're getting at. Um, boy, you, I mean, you had a religious experience reading this, it sounds like, based off of all the messages that I received from you directly. Me screaming? <laughs> Ben, I, I need know. to talk about this right now or else I'm going to explode. <laughs> uh, well, that you certainly did. So, Ben, what were you reading? While I was being uh, like that, what were you reading? Well, I mean, that's such a broad question because you're kind of always like that. <laughs> uh, that's why I was so, so glad me... to find this comic, Ben, because it just helped me be like that even more. So if you're asking me to narrow this down to like a specific date, I don't know how to do that for you. But I can tell you what I read days. earlier today. Okay. Well, I read a lot over the course of the past four days. I reread a little bit of uh, I reread a little bit of Lock and Key. Um, 
I uh, we recently reactivated our Marvel Unlimited account over here, so Chaboy's been reading the uh, the Immortal Hulk uh, book that's extremely good and also impossible to describe. Uh, Lord knows I tried in a comic book special earlier this year, and I'd like to retract everything I said about it because it got better. Uh, but what I read uh, in preparation for this exact uh, recording session is I read House Amok by Christopher Sabella and Sean McManus. Oh, which is a horror. Yeah, Chris Sabella, um, which is a horrifying and terrifying book. Um, I attempted to collect this as single issues, uh, uh, I guess, last year when it was coming out, uh, but I, I, I didn't make it in time, as it were. Um, and, you know, when I started asking for copies to be added to my pull list, it was well after the first one had gone out of circulation or maybe they just botched it or whatever. Um, anywho, uh, but I, I finally got it as a, a complete signed trade uh, at Rose City Comic Con uh, earlier this year. And um, so when I got it as single issues, I read like part of issue two and I realized like, no, no, this is this is. I can't dive in even partially into it. I, I need to wait. Um, I need to wait till the whole thing's, you know, whatever, like an adult, I guess. I have to I have to hold my horses and, and, and either find that first issue or wait till it gets into the trade. Um, and I would like to say that uh, now that I finally have it as a trade, it does not make any more sense. Uh, because it's, it's a terrifying non-linear horror story um, in which we are presented... With uh, some pretty fast-moving action scenes, seems like a bad way to describe this, but some like fast-moving family conflict and hints toward weird secrets at the very beginning that hint that they might be something as a greater whole. And I'm now like two and a half, two and a half issues in, and I would like you to know that the greater whole is not immediately clear even halfway in. Um, it is a it is a horror road trip comic. It is a family horror road trip comic. So uh, for reasons that I think you know, Nikki, I am especially drawn to this uh, for mm -hmm. very specific horror road trip reasons. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but it, uh, you know, it, it follows this one family as, as they appear to be going from town to town, uh, investigating, maybe investigating paranormal events, not entirely clear. Uh, but at least uh, as far as I am in the book so far. Uh, but what it does seem that they're doing is that every time they run across a stranger, uh, they kind of go through an elaborate uh, charade to either get them on their uh, school bus turned RV or, um, you know, get them out in the open uh, where they knock them unconscious, chain them up in their bus and then cut open them uh, to search them for implants. Uh-huh. Just a normal summer with the family. Driving across the country, going on a murder spree. As they do. As as, as you do. I mean, have, haven't you been on a murderous road trip across the country with your family? So, yeah, uh, the, the book opens with these two twin girls um, causing a ruckus in a gas station, um, which, uh, the, you know, they run away with um, some sunglasses and the, uh, the owner of this kind of gas station convenience store. Uh, runs out to try to stop them and is summarily beat to shit by uh, those little girls' family um, and then dragged on the bus, chained up, and sliced into uh, to search him for implants. Um, 
And then the entire book from that point on is told from the perspective of one of those twins who is then writing their, like, what I did over my summer vacation uh, essay that you write at the start of the year. Oh, uh. Yeah, no, no, never fun. Never fun at all. Um, I remember one of those being my entrance exam into that uh, shitty uh, private Christian school that I went to. Um, luckily, I did have an incredibly cool summer that time, so maybe that's why I got in there and then bullied for eight years. Huh. This was not a positive story. I don't know why I started telling it. It's okay. My experience with private school was similar. So speaking of uh, uh, not very positive stories and why we tell them, uh, that's what this book is about. Uh, because it appears that, um, well, as far as far in as I as far in as I am at this point, it is not abundantly clear why they're doing anything. Again, I'm only like two and a half issues in, uh, but the way um, the 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 story is structured, we almost feel like we are constantly just on the just on the edge of finding out the something, the 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 underlying something. Uh, and then it's kind of finally revealed that it may not actually be anything and that there is just a kind of eldritch insanity buzzing around this family and infecting them in a circle um, that, you know, like as the, the little girl in the book describes like a cold, you know, where it's constantly, you know, have you ever worked in an office where like someone's always sick? Mm hmm. Because, like, you know, the bug never has a chance to fully leave the system. It just goes around in a circle. Right. Well, same here. That, that, that's, what, that's what this the, the, the narrator kid theorizes. That, like, oh, maybe there's no way out of this. Because it just keeps going from one of us to the other of us. And, like, getting stronger as it does. But, like, that this insanity is acting like a disease uh, in this family. And that maybe the reason that they are going after people and that they are why they are seeing uh, weird Slendermans uh, that are like phasing into our reality and that like there's just like a bunch of blood on the road sometimes and all that kind of shit um, maybe isn't real at all. And there is no reason, capital R reason they're doing anything. Maybe it's just paranoia, paranoia and all in their heads. Um, and the story seems to be about how one of the little girls of this twin set uh, basically gets a fever so intense that it breaks her out of the insanity. Like, it, it boils the fever out of her brain. So now she is she is kind of tasked with this personal horror. And I want to be clear. I want to be clear. This kid's like maybe eight. Um, so she is now tasked with the personal horror of knowing full well that there actually isn't any monster. There is no great bad guy chasing them, supernatural uh, evil force chasing them, and that her family is just serial killers. Um, horrifying. Horrifying. You know, like you do with your family Just in the summer? Every summer, you know, the cl classic classic road trip, man. Yeah, you go down to, go down to Sun River. Ashland, Crater Lake. Oh, the book takes place in Oregon, by the way. Because it's... Chris! No, yeah. It, like, literally, the uh, the interior cover is, like, a kind of an older-looking uh, road map of the, uh, of Oregon. Like, That's right scary. on the Oregon-Washington uh, border. Scary. I say older-looking because it's kind of got that, uh, it's kind of got that beige tone for land. Uh-huh. You know, it... it 
it looks like a 70s roadmap. Um, yeah, no, it's um, it is fascinating. Is obviously there's a a clear moral dilemma over whether or not she can like, you know, she's like eight. What can she do? She can't confront her family about this like eldritch infection that they've all received uh, in their heads. Um, but nor can she, like, she has she herself has killed people. Yeah, um, and she's like, oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, no, it's deeply horrifying. And even if these, um, again, I'm only going off of the first two and a half issues of the book, even if these delusions are themselves fake, uh, the delusions that everyone is experiencing are themselves horrifying. Like, they are uh, full-blown kind of Slenderman-like creatures with, like, you know, suits and no faces and extremely long limbs. And they are, like, phasing into this reality. Um I think they call them the reality alterers or something like that. You know, there's people with like, you know, people with like a, a deer antlers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it is. While the concepts are eldritch, the the monsters that they keep seeing are definitely very um, like Internet creepypasta mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like, you know, cults with antlers and. Slenderman and stuff like that. You know, uh-huh. it feels it feels like a lot of internet conspiracy, not necessarily like, you know, Mothman and Jersey Devil cryptids or, you know, Cthulhu Eldritch stuff. Yeah. You know, it's 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 that very distinct internet urban, era of uh, horror. Like urban legend fantasy horror. Yeah, urban legend internet horror for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really well told, especially with the, um, I'm, I'm not, I, I really feel like I'm not doing justice, but with the kind of, um, scattered way that it is told, um, and like the idea, the, you know, it, it keeps setting you up feeling like, oh, there's going to be a reason. There's clearly a reason that why they're surgically dissecting these people. Um, there's clearly a reason why, you know, it seems random to us, but they must know something that we don't. Um, and that builds up over the course of two issues until it is revealed like, oh, no, no, it's just madness. And that and then the moral dilemma that immediately comes out of that is infinitely more satisfying than finding out what actual conspiracy they think they've stumbled on. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. Brilliantly told. Uh, interesting story. Can't wait to finish it. Probably tonight. <laughs> um, I will say there is one moment in particular. They go to the Oregon Vortex um, you know, down in, down in kind of southernish Oregon, um, you know, where it's like the crooked houses and all that stuff. Yeah, where, yeah. Yeah, where the rules of physics don't exist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find like an old carousel there. But like the way that those two panels are drawn where they like open, open up this, this big area. I think it's like a big shed it's in or something like that. Um and like the it is drawn without light so it just you can just kind of make out the the edges of this great enormous object that they're staring at and you do you kind of see what i'm getting at here right that is the eldritch horror isn't it yeah like of seeing a thing so big you can't comprehend it like that's that's what drives all those people mad and you know fuck his name forever you know drag him through the dirt uh, but through H.P. Lovecraft's stories is like they see like an eye as big as a city and they're like, oh, God, this thing is massive. I can't comprehend the size of this thing. And then that's what drives them mad. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like they're looking into this area and it just, you don't know what angle they're, they're looking in at that. You don't really know the size of the thing they're looking at. You know, you can only barely make out the edges of it based in the art. And then it turns on, then it clicks alive and the, and the merry-go-round starts going on, um, going around in circles and playing music and there's like skulls attached to it and the horses are breathing hellfire and all that kind of shit. And like that moment feels like as described in so many Eldritch books, the moment where the monster opens its eye. Um, anyway, it just felt really creative and it's told really creatively and it's, it's already scaring the shit out of me and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Nick, you are now free to talk more about Pathfinder unless you have any closing comments on what I just said. Spooky. Pathfinder. Very. Uh, so the this one that I, I read, Hollow Mountain, is a six-issue run uh, involving the Iconics, uh, which are basically the, uh, the, I guess, I guess Iconic builds for different classes uh, in Pathfinder. So there's a Elf Rogue, a Human Sorcerer, uh, in this party, there's a human wizard, fighter, and cleric. And the, they have their task with going to explore this, um, like a, an old, um, like basically dungeon of an, of a rune lord from thousands of years in the past. Uh, and... Because, like, the rune lords are a big thing in Pathfinder lore. They're, like, the most powerful mages of the original world. Like, under the gods. And, uh, so they're tasked with going to find the key in this giant dungeon of this rune lord. Uh, and so it's, like, their dungeon crawl of that. But then they also, they're confronted with a mercenary group led by Seltio and then his, his group. Uh, as well and so they end but then they end up having to work together all of them and uh, shenanigans ensue there's a lot of cool fighting and what I really like about reading the Pathfinder comics is uh, after having played Pathfinder for so long and not having read the comics you kind of imagine what these battles look like what these spells look like what these moves look like and uh, characters like character archetypes what they look like in your head and then you get to see the the creators who the ones who created the pathfinder uh what they how they envision this world of theirs including like how wizards cast spells uh it has that they're casting in quotes in um like abyssal and in runes and stuff like that uh which is really cool and uh, the action's really cool in this. The writing is really good. Uh, the scripts and artists differ from issue to issue in Hollow Mountain. Uh, the Wesley Schneider scripts are, of course, my favorite. No, uh, you don't say. Yeah, but uh, it's it's pretty clear that it was it was written by someone who gets it. The cleric and the rogue uh, are dating, and they're girls and they're really cute and i was like oh first i was like oh they're just teasing me and i was like oh no they're really dating yeah why not 
yeah, I'm just so used to, I guess, being, like, teased, I guess, by comics writers without getting that payoff, that having that just be stated, like, as a fact. Like, that's my girlfriend. I, mean, I was like, oh, oh. You were kind of, you were kind of parsing through that a little slower, but, like, I mean, queer baiting's a problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And I'm so used to it happening in comics, especially comics written by men, that... Especially comics for ostensibly uh, mainstream audiences. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's D&D. You know? D&D is something that's kind of, I guess, more recently become something that's been, like... Okay, a lot of gay people play D&D now. And always have, but like, and always meanwhile, have, now, but I like more mainstream now. I don't have a single queer friend who doesn't. So, like, having it be stated so clearly and not played as a. It's not sexualized or. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it just is natural in what's going on in the comic, which is really nice to see. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Now, Silt's heel. <laughs> Sorry, go for it. Go on. Boy. Uh, continues to be my type and an idiot. So my type, you know, how it be. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've... Well, it feels rude to comment. You know. My favorite is where they're at the bottom level of the dungeon, and uh, so the party gets split. So both of the the mercenary party and the Pathfinder party have mixed uh, together and then gotten separated so that they're two mixed parties. So, like, uh, Celtiel and then the the Sorceress and the Wizard, uh, they get, they're, like, in the, and they're in the bottom uh, floor of the dungeon, and they get approached by an incubus... You know, uh-huh. sexy devil, and uh, yeah, I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna there. like, pl- they're gonna play it up. He's gonna flirt with uh, the sorceress." No, <laughs> immediately the first person interested is Seltiel, who's like an incubus, really. <laughs> and then he's like, "Seltiel, they're trying. He's trying to seduce you. It's what they do." And then Seltiel. Goes, I know, I love being seduced. <laughs> oh, boy, you did send me that panel specifically, and the. God, the context just enhances the experience. It really does. Like, and then they're fighting something else, and he's like, I could have had an incubus! So mood. Who among us doesn't want to get murdered by the sex demon? Which is why I posted on Twitter today those panels. The panel of him getting uh, caressed by the incubus and looking very happy about it. And uh, you have to know that he's not actually being mind-altered, by the way. Like, he's not charmed or Mm -hmm. anything. He's just playing this up. No, no, he's just horny. I get it. And, uh... So I posted those panels. Exactly. It's just funny to me that he's just like, Hey... Not being mind-influenced, but I'd still bang you. 
Uh, I'd yeah. like to try to use charm on the uh, on the other character. Oh, I, I'm just go ahead and go. Yeah, I'll fo- I'll fail the check. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's like, just, well, just he doesn't. Charming. He has like the thing is that he has like protection against being charmed. Like he can't be charmed. Mm-hmm. So that's what's even funnier is he's just like, oh, hey, s- hey, <laughs> not being charmed. I just want to. But yeah, stay in a fantasy slot. He's valid. He is. I, I support him. Great. Hey, dumbass. I support him. He, um. I posted those panels, the one of him getting caressed by the incubus, and then the one where he's fighting another creature and is yelling about how he could have had an incubus, while everyone else is like, for my god, or for my friend, and he's like, I could have had an incubus! What's the Simonson Thor thing? The, uh, for Asgard, for Midgard, for myself. Yeah, pretty much. Of, uh, of Loden, Loden? Excuse me. Odin, Thor, and Loki. (laughs) Loden... Yeah, or and I posted those on Twitter, and I was like, "When Wesley Schneider wrote this, he wrote this for the gays. Like he really did that for us." And then Wesley Schneider retweeted that, and added, "When designing a dungeon, it's important to have stuff for everyone in the party." Winky face. <laughs> And replied to my tweet because I was like, do you think that Celtiel ever thinks about how he could have banged an incubus? And then Wes Schneider was like, he's, right he's, not, he's not the type to, to, you know, let things pass a second time. Winky face. <laughs> and I was like, yep, Wes Schneider confirmed it. Celtiel's a hoe. He, he sure as hell is. Um... Twitter is the great equalizer, and it allows us to communicate with uh, with our idols. And sometimes meeting your heroes is extremely good, actually. Yeah, sometimes your heroes find your thirst tweets. Sometimes your heroes find your thirst tweets. <laughs> Truly, what progress have we made as a society? Only the most... My entire Twitter experience has led up to this moment. I always forget that, like, People from Wizards of the Coast follow me, and that the Pathfinder devs follow them, and so if oh God. if they like my tweets, then it's absolutely you... it's probable that the Pathfinder devs have seen my bitching on the internet. Anyway, I'm really excited for future printings of the Pathfinder rulebook to include the pull quote from you on the back about how much. You you love a uh, one slut elf. <laughs> Five stars total ho. At by rogue D- says suffers from dumb bitch disease. Oh, don't we all? Uh, Nikki, do you have anything else to say about this title, or shall we? It's shall really we good. Along? Uh, it's queer. It's the art's really fun. Uh, it's really fun seeing you know spells and attacks that you do in the game come to life in this art style. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's all it's really good. Hollow Mountain's really good. All right, folks, I think that's going to conclude this comic book special for the month of October. Thank you very much for listening. You can find me online at Ben C. Hamlin, that is B-E-N-C-H-A-M-L-I-N, over on Twitter.com. And, you know what, follow my Instagram while you're at it. And you can find me on Twitter at Byrogues, where I'm tweeting about monsters. Yeah, 
and the Pathfinder comic. Uh, folks, you can find us both at Infinity Break 23. That is infinitybreak.net's social media account. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Infinity Break, which allows us to do these comic book specials. Uh, and, of course, Nikki and I have our respective tabletop shows, both Parascience, which uh, launched only about uh, a week and a half ago, and uh, Legends of Leia, which streams every other Sunday right here on infinitybreak.net and twitch.tv forward slash infinitybreakgaming. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next month with more... Yeah, it says here comics. Wow. Is that really what we're doing a podcast on? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost the foundation of our friendship was talking about the fucking X-Men. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.